0: stories of innovation and success from the vibrant communities of rural Nova Scotia. This is IGNITED.
1: Hey there, welcome to IGNITED, the podcast where we celebrate innovation and rural success. I'm Wade Cleveland, I work for a rural innovation hub called IGNITE, a place that brings startups and industry, youth and community together with the goal of making an impact on rural communities everywhere. This episode kicks off a series delving into the mind of an entrepreneur. Some of the mental tools they would need and some things they may need to overcome on their journey. I'm joined by Michelle Hurlbert of 3D Life Inc. We told Michelle's story during Season 1 of Ignited the Podcast and if you missed it, you can find it in our archives. Shameless plug there. Uh, Michelle is a mentor and coach who works primarily with women entrepreneurs and leaders When I asked her if she'd like to team up with me on this series, she readily agreed. Let's start with a big thank you. Thanks for doing this with me.
2: Thank you, Wade. I'm I'm thrilled that you asked, and I'm really looking forward to... The conversation we have today.
1: All right. Let's talk first off about what you do. Really, 3D Life is advertised as a way to coach leaders. But as we were discussing just a few moments ago before I actually pressed record, when we're talking about entrepreneurs, every entrepreneur is a leader.
2: Correct. We think about leadership or the definition of what a leader is can show up in any space. And while you don't need to have a title, leader or CEO or to be a leader, we really can get very specific about what that particular person needs in terms of support and mentorship or coaching. So when I look at leaders or leadership, I think about what space are you in and how are you leading? What are you responsible for and who are you responsible for? In business, entrepreneurs and business owners, you're a leader. Regardless of whether you want that title or not, you're leading your business or you're leading your staff or employees or team toward a goal, toward an intention, toward the success that you're looking for. That's leadership. So you don't need to have the CEO title or the executive director title. If you're a small business owner, you're a leader. If you're a big business owner, you're a leader. So leadership is very expansive as opposed to narrow, if that makes sense. It does. It (laughs) does to me.
1: So the first topic we're going to tackle is what I call the big green-eyed monster. Fear. It's the first thing I thought of when I started thinking about doing a series on being inside the mind of an entrepreneur because I deal with it myself. You know, a lot of times outwardly you seem or a person can seem that they're fearless. But that doesn't reveal what's really inside and saying to heck with it and leaping rather than looking sometimes involves a lot of fear. There's always that small hesitation. And I would think that for those who are entrepreneurs, fear would be a big part of what they have to deal with on a daily basis.
2: A hundred percent. Fear is an emotion that we all experience, we've all had experience with, as entrepreneurs, as just as human beings. I look at fear as a way of knowing what other information do we need in order to do what we want to do. Fear is actually to protect us from something or someone that we perceive as getting in our way, or that it's scary, it's uncomfortable, there's a lot of discomfort that goes along with fear, but fear is an emotion that we can gain a lot of insight and a lot of information from if we know how to tap into it and take a step back from it and say, okay, where am I at right now? Of course, fear is there to protect us. Our brains kick in and says, okay, we need to jump in the ditch or we need to run down the road, we need to get out of this situation that's a protective measure. It keeps us safe. But when fear comes into play with entrepreneurship or in leadership overall, oftentimes fear is there to let us know that we're unsure or we're uncertain, we're uncomfortable with something that we may may need to do. And that can come from previous experience, that can come from what will other people think, you know, fear of judgment, that can come from many places in entrepreneurship that, especially if you've, you're going to be doing something that you've never done before, uh, when you get started in business and you get started with entrepreneurship, if you've never done it before, there's going to be a certain amount of healthy, normal Fear. It's what we do with fear, and with the information that it provides us as to whether it holds us back or allows us to push forward and take the leap.
1: Is fear and anxiety the same thing?
2: They're kind of intertwined. Fear can induce or produce anxiousness or anxiety, but it kind of has a vicious cycle because the more anxious we are, the more fearful we may become of something or someone, and so it's kind of a in in a loop. So I might be afraid of something. I might be afraid of having a conversation with someone I've never had a conversation with before. Um, maybe I perceive them as being more experienced and kind of on a different level. And I want, if I want to have a conversation with them about their business and you know how, how did they get there or whatever it may be, I might be afraid to make that initial step to have that conversation. But the longer I leave it. The more anxious I become about it and the more fearful I become to do it, the longer it takes me to do it rather than saying, okay, I'm not comfortable with having this conversation. I'm a little worried that, you know, what are they gonna think of me or what are they going to do? Am I going to ask the right questions? I'm a little afraid that they're just gonna look at me and say, I don't wanna to talk to you. Fear can drive a whole lot of imaginary s- scenarios that we're not really sure are going to happen. But the longer I put it off, the more anxious I become about it. And so I become more fearful of having that conversation. If I can identify what it is that's causing me to be fearful of that conversation, then I can reduce the amount of anxiety because I have information. And with that information, I can say, okay, I just need to do it. The sooner I do it, the better it will be.
1: It's the green-eyed monster again. If you are not addressing it, the green-eyed monster can grow. Sometimes, I know for myself, often I'll I'll literally use the old cliche, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And when it comes to uh, entrepreneurship, for the most part, that's true. I suppose there's the fear of making a fool of yourself. Uh, but just getting through something sometimes is the only way to overcome that fear.
2: Yes. And the anxiety that goes along with it. Because oftentimes, we Feel that in order to reduce anxiety, we need to just reassure ourselves. We reassure ourselves or we find someone to reassure us, oh, it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. But that doesn't necessarily reduce that anxiety because our thought loop, our brains are still in that, oh no, but remember, they might do this or they might say that. They might look at you and give you a dirty look or something. So our brains will continue to play that thought loop in our minds until we do something, until we take action. Action reduces fear and anxiety. Thinking about it isn't going to necessarily do that. <laughs> it
1: may actually make it worse.
2: In fact, it more often than not, it makes it worse.
1: In anticipation of this conversation, kind of making a list of things that entrepreneurs get scared about, and I suppose when it comes right down to it, It's the same things everybody gets scared about. There's self-doubt. There's the fear of putting yourself out there. There is imposter syndrome. Let's talk a little bit about imposter syndrome.
2: In entrepreneurship, there tends to be a fair amount of imposter syndrome, especially when getting started, because imposter syndrome technically is an internal barrier. It's something that we have within us that we feel we're not good enough. Uh, Who am I to be doing this? where's my expertise? If anybody finds out who I really am, and what I really know or don't know, well, they're just going to laugh at me. That's where the fraud comes from, that imposter syndrome, feeling like you don't fit. But that's more an internal perception, an internal feeling, than it is external. People can put on a really brave front, people can put on a really good face when they know that they need to show up in a certain way. But on the inside, that thought loop or the, the thoughts that they're having could be can be very much, I'm a fake here. I'm just faking it till I make it and can get caught up in that imposter thought loop and thinking, well, who am I really to be doing this? And that can really hold you back in taking action and moving forward in your business as well.
1: Okay, so how does one fight that?
2: That's a great question. It really comes back to who do you know you are? Uh, this is something that I do with 3D Life, through 3D Life a lot is we talk about who are you and what do you really want? What are your strengths? What are your skills? What do you bring to the table? So that when you are putting your business out there, whatever, whether it's a service-based business, I work a lot with service-based people. And when you're offering what you offer and providing what you provide, making sure that you're really clear on who you are, what you want, you want to become, where you want to go, your goals, your intentions—all of that is really a solid foundational way to put that imposter syndrome out. There will be thoughts that come up. It's not a cure-all. Uh, you will have moments where you get into situations and you think, "Oh, I think maybe I'm—I'm I'm not quote-unquote big enough." To be in this room, those will still pop up, but with strategies and with awareness of who you are and what you want and what you do and how you do it and how it makes you unique and desirable for other people to come on board with you to get your services or your products, whatever it may be, the more action you'll take and the more confidence you'll build. And that imposter syndrome, that imposter voice tends to be a little more quiet.
1: How does one do that? In my mind, while you're talking, I'm thinking to myself, well, you could write things down, make a list. Is it that simple? Okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is who I am. And write it down and read it over and over again until you believe it.
2: That's certainly one way to go about doing it. You know, journaling, writing, reflecting. And that can be through a voice recorder. It doesn't have to be on paper. That's an important process because it helps you think about you. And we don't often think about ourselves. We don't often touch base with us, with who we are, because we're so conditioned to focus on everybody else. But when we can sit with ourselves and really say, okay, where am I at? Where do I want to go? Who am I right now? And who do I need to be in order to get there? Those are great reflection questions for you to consider to get the process started. Like fear and anxiety and, and, you know, those big uncomfortable emotions that come along with getting started in entrepreneurship. And as it goes, you know, I'm two years in full time. These things still come up for me. It's not something that necessarily goes away. But again, like I said, it's what are the strategies? What are the ways that I can challenge that and put them to rest so I can keep going? When we write it all out or when we, you know, make the spiel for ourselves, that's wonderful way to start. It doesn't necessarily challenge the ingrained, unconscious, deep-seated beliefs that you may have about yourself and about your skills, about your strengths about the business that you're creating, engaging with someone, talking with someone who has maybe a bigger perspective or at least the outside perspective that you may need in order to say, hmm, is that really true? Because we often, if we think it in our minds, we believe it's true. So if I'm thinking a thought and it's not a helpful thought, I'm still going to think that that's true because it keeps playing over and over and over again. But if I can engage with someone and that person can say, oh, you're you're thinking that, Michelle? Well, what makes you think that? Where did that come from? How is it helping you? How is it not? And can we reframe it? Can we shift that to something else? Clarity comes from engagement, not from thought. So we can, again, write everything down and have everything on paper and it looks wonderful and beautiful, but if we're not sure how to apply it, how to take that picture, how to take that those feelings or those thoughts and reframe or create alternatives to them, then it's there and I know it in my head, I know it in my brain, I can logically figure it out. But until we can engage with someone and, and have someone hear us deeply, then it makes it a lot more challenging to internalize that shift that might
0: be needed. I want to tell you about our Igniting Women in Business series at Ignite, providing rural women entrepreneurs an opportunity to connect, learn, and build their network. Through a series of initiatives, including a speaker series, young women in business galas, and a business retreat, we hope to inspire and empower diverse rural women in business across Nova Scotia. The sessions offer a space for women to discuss challenges that are faced by rural women in entrepreneurship with opportunities to learn, network, and socialize. Women supporting women is a powerful thing. For more information on Igniting Women in Business and to sign up for our events newsletter, visit igniteatlantic.com.
1: We started it off, and this discussion began with the idea that you tend to coach leaders, and entrepreneurs are leaders. And one of the most terrifying things to me about being an entrepreneur is you're on your own, kid. And so you kind of have to stand there. You have to step up. You have to be the person that everybody sees. And sometimes it can feel almost romantic. You know, here I am, the lone wolf or whomever, like you do in the Westerns. Most people are terrified of that, of being alone and standing up alone.
2: A support network is absolutely essential. If you are a new entrepreneur, if you're a new business owner, if you're just starting out, creating and, and finding your people that are like-minded, that are who stand behind you, they're genuine, they're authentic, they're not competing, uh, they're not competitive with you or about you, even if they have a similar business, that idea of... Finding people who've got your back and want you to succeed is absolutely essential. There's like bar none, you need need people. I like that you said uh, that there's a romantic notion about being the lone wolf. And when I was thinking about, you know, reflecting on what we were going to be discussing today, I actually wrote down business is not romantic. There is no romantic ideal of what business is. Business is hard. And being an entrepreneur is can be isolating, it can be lonely, it can be uh, really challenging. So if you're trying to go it alone, nobody gets the success that they want and need alone. There is always a team of people, and whether that's family and friends or other business owners, a network of people that you have that really, truly like you and want you to do well in your life, regardless of what you're doing or, or what they're doing— that's when you know you've, you're you going to be okay.
1: So one of the big strategies is have that support network and make sure that it's there. Yeah. Grow it like a garden. We were talking a lot about oh, those fears from within. And, and ultimately, I suppose all fears are from within. But another big part of fear are those fears from without, if you will. And when I think about those fears from without, uh, those dangers or those things that I'm scared of, a lot of times it's, it's naysayers, and we were just talking about you know having your network. Sometimes, and I've run into this uh, in conversations with uh, other friends of mine who became entrepreneurs. Sometimes the people that you trust the most, your family, will be your biggest naysayers because they're trying to protect you. Right. They're not necessarily helping you at all, but sometimes. They just want you to be safe, and they're afraid of what you're going to go through. How do you deal with that? That's a tough one.
2: Right. Very true. There will be people in your family or people, closest friends, will say, oh, geez, Wade, what do you think you're doing? Like, is that really a good idea? Why do you think that will work? When you have people like that in your life, remembering or having the perception or the awareness to ask, where is this coming from? Why are they saying this? I thought they would be my biggest supporter, but what's making them say, oh, I don't know if you should really do that. And a lot of times, as you said, it's fear of you failing. It's fear of what what happens if it doesn't work out. I don't want them to get hurt. I don't want... A lot of the times it comes from good intentions without them being aware of what they're actually doing. But the intention behind it is of protection. I just want you to be safe. I just want you to do well in life. I want you to be happy. And if starting this business causes fear in them, maybe based on their own past experiences, their own thoughts on what business is or beliefs of what it's like to be an entrepreneur, that can generate their own stuff. They start to project their own fears onto you. And that can create some more thought loops and create some more fear because then you think, well, maybe they're right. Well, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. What am I missing? And you start to have those, those self doubts. You know, that maybe they know me better than I know myself. If that's the case, then it's really time to get to know who you are.
1: <laughs> so it goes back to that. It does. Ultimately.
2: Yes. You need to be able to trust yourself. And if you don't trust yourself yet, it's a skill you can learn. It's not something that just comes naturally, but it's a skill you can develop.
1: Let's talk a little bit about that in Googling, in preparation for this, everybody does the same thing. Google, fear in entrepreneurship, and you know what you get? You get about three dozen articles, seven ways to defeat fear, or, you know, 10 ways to defeat fear. Uh, Those kind of things, a lot of them look like they were written by chat GPT or whatever, because they kind of tell you the same thing. What are your strategies? If I come to you as a person looking for a coach and you're coaching me and I'm saying, I'm feeling overwhelmed by my fears, what are you going to tell me?
2: My first question would be, well, what are your fears? What are you afraid of? What causes you to feel fear? And so we'd, we'd get that list out. And then one by one, we would say, okay, let's challenge that you know, if it's a fear of putting yourself on social media, you know, showing up on social media, whether that's through video or online, like just posting, where's that based from? What is really underlying that fear? Because it's not, it's not the fear of showing up on social media, there's got to be more to it. So that will often be, well, I I don't like the way I look on camera, or uh, I'm afraid of what other people are going to say. And that's, Probably the biggest one is I'm, I'm worried about what others are going to think. Is what I'm putting on here good enough? And so then we talk, we'll talk a little bit about perfectionism. We'll talk about what is your intention behind posting? What do you want your posts or your videos to do? And if it's all in service of helping others and being there for others, the clients that you want, the customers that you're trying to attract, then... We can reframe that thought and that belief of in order to get the business I want, in order to attract the clients I want, then they need to see me. And that fear, you know, what happens if somebody makes a comment and says, oh, geez, Wade, that's, that sucks. Like, should you really be doing this? If somebody says that, then what does that do for you? How does it impact you? And so we can role play that out and then figure, okay, well, really, who is it coming from? Who's saying it? Are they a naysayer or a supporter? Um, How they've worded it is going to make a big difference to how it impacts you. So there's a whole slew of things that we, we really look at and dive into to dispel that myth, that fear that probably is there to protect you, isn't helping you in your business.
1: The one final thing I want to wrap up with is something that I've learned, and maybe you disagree, and that is I have a tendency sometimes when I'm afraid of things, I will overplan. Preparation is key. It really is. You want to defeat something, you have to have that prep. But I find that for myself, and I I know myself pretty well by now, I have this tendency that if something is uh, the big green-eyed monster, then what I do is I plan until... The end of time, basically, actions sometimes speak louder than words, and there has to be a point where, yeah, it's great to be prepared, but at some point you have to just do it.
2: Yes. Well, because you can get lost in action, too. And I would challenge the thought that, or the idea that preparing and over-preparing and continuing to prepare isn't true action. You're getting ready, but it's action that nobody else is aware of, no one else is seeing, It is action for you, but until you put it out there, it's not really intentional action or valuable action. And it comes back to, I mentioned perfectionism. We can over-prepare, we can over-analyze, but we can get lost in that too. And if we lose ourselves in it and think that I'm preparing and I keep preparing and I'm trying to make it, get it just right, and I believe preparation is important too, you know, practicing it several times, if you're going to do a presentation, running through that talk or running through that the slides and making sure that you're comfortable with the flow of things. Absolutely, 100%. But if you find yourself stuck in preparation, and overanalyzing and changing, you know, this word out to a different word, 10 times, you're stuck. And that isn't action, that is, that, that's you being stuck. True, intentional, impactful, valuable action is movement. It's momentum. It's, it's pushing you through and showing up for the people that you want to serve.
1: If somebody wants to reach out to you and talk to you more about what you do, how do they do it?
2: You can find me at 3dlifeinc.com. That's the, the website. I'm also on Instagram at 3dlifeinc. And I'm on LinkedIn, Michelle Hilbert.
1: Michelle, I really appreciate the time you've taken today, and I really look forward to getting into other topics as we move forward on this series.
2: I'm really excited about this series, Wade. Thank you.
1: As Michelle mentioned, if you want to reach out to her, her website is www.3dlifeinc.com, and that's the number three. You can also follow her on Facebook as 3D Life Inc., and on LinkedIn as Michelle Hurlberg. To find out more about rural innovation and what Ignite does, check out IgniteAtlantic.com. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you subscribed to Ignite shared us with your friends and gave us a good review, and we'd love to hear from you. Any comments or suggestions about the podcast or who you'd like to hear on it are most welcome. Our website is IgniteAtlantic.com and my email is Wade, W-A-D-E, at IgniteAtlantic.com. Next week, we'll continue the series Inside the Mind of an Entrepreneur with a discussion on leadership. I'm Wade Cleveland. Thanks for listening. Talk soon.